Welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Wounds Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Dahl. Recording this on Sunday night here. Looking back at, at the event of the weekend, Friday night in Phoenix. The Aces traveled to take on the Mercury, and Liz Cambage made her Aces debut. And on the line to talk about that one is Brendan Clean. Brendan, how you doing? Doing great. It was a fun one. I was uh, I was excited to be there. It's not it's not normal to get such a fun game so early in the season. I feel like it had the atmosphere of a postseason game in my mind. It was awesome. Yeah, and the uh, and having that in Phoenix, the Mercury crowd definitely definitely had a big had a big yeah. part of it. They you know credit to them. They showed out. They were loud, and uh, you know I imagine I imagine the season opener result for the Mercury played into that a little bit. Just like the. It seemed like it seemed like right away everyone just kind of accepted like oh, okay yeah yeah like okay Seattle's like sending a message like don't count us out but then as more time at least for me like as more time passed from that it was like yeah like they really just like came out poorly in that and they needed to kind of right the ship yeah and and Bernie Greiner said as much after the game I kind of asked her it felt a little easier for her to say it after getting the win Friday but. I was like, you know, how much of a punch in the face of kind of a reality check was that first loss? And she was like, you know, I think it's something we needed, especially obviously the big story with the Mercury right now is just trying to overcome Diana Taurasi's injury. And um, it's not an excuse they're going to lean into by any means. And so this this game was definitely a nice bounce back. It really could have gone either way. I mean, there's two shots at the buzzer that could have easily meant, you know, another week of worrying about phoenix but here we are and and they got the win they needed yeah the the end of that game there was just there was so much stuff going on there was so much stuff to keep track keep track of i mean just at the very end there to just to think that asia wilson got the looks that she got to try to tie the game and how open she was and that they didn't fall it just in a way, it almost it almost didn't make sense. You just felt like the shoe was going to drop for Vegas, where they were just gonna they were gonna finally pull it out, but they don't. And I guess I just I mean I just want to circle back, just like you know, Cambage played fourteen minutes, four for eight. Just what would you what you generally take away from from her minutes? I think she looked uh, kind of like I expected. I mean, she's on the bike. The twin. I don't know how it was today for the Sunday for the, the Sun game, but she's on the bike between minutes. Um, you could tell it was her first time out there. I mean, that's fair to say, I think. She was not her full power self by any means, but, you know, she's getting some shots up. She made a three. She's at least physically matching Brittany Griner, which is something you noted in your story from the night, and I, I agree. Just that physical ability to kind of hold her own was there. I think some of the other, you know, mobility stuff will just be a matter of getting back in rhythm i saw against the sun and the mercury she was really not moving great defensively so that was something that i you know that's already something that's going to be in the scouting report against her every night and it was particularly exposed in her first couple games back but against the mercury i think the big thing you got to be happy with if you're the aces is just having that grinder test right away and seeing her kind of do what you needed to see right away you know she's not she didn't win it by any means. She's only out there for 14 minutes, but you know they were they were definitely going at it just like they were last season, and that's going to be the standard by which Cambage is measured. I think those are 
I said in my story, you know, these are probably two teams we could see facing each other in the playoffs, and you're going to need to account for Brittany Griner, and they have a piece who can do that. Yeah, it's, you know, the interesting with Cam Beige was she talked about kind of like this, this Achilles tendonitis, which was, which was really this amazing subplot that kind of finally came out when she had a press conference because, you know, everyone just, we're, we were just like waiting on bated breath to see if a move would even happen. And the trade happens, and then there's this reminder, like, oh, she's not, you know, she hasn't exactly been like going through this whole off season at like full at full speed, just like ready to go. And but one thing Liz talked about is she said she's dropped a lot of weight. Or I think Bill Lambier said like twenty twenty some pounds. And I think you see that a little bit, like, and and Campage wasn't this player that you were saying was just like carrying a ton of weight that she really needed to lose some, but. You know, I, I you you'd like to think if you're Vegas that that'll kind of that'll kind of show itself as especially as the season wears on. But I mean, I, th- I thought the two coolest things the night with Cambage is just like the, the I put it in my story. It's just like it's just it doesn't make any sense. But they look like two totally mundane plays. But you know, the two things she did against Griner that just like just pop right off the screen if you're watching it. You know, Vegas loves to like throw it into an elbow and then they facilitate out of that. Well, Liz caught one. She got pushed out to the three-point line, turned face. Griner was off her and just, oh, I'm just going to shoot this three right in her face. And then later in the game, you know, they're kind of going in transition. It wasn't like some crazy run out. And she just buries BG under the rim and just puts it in over her for an and one. And, like, to see the same player make those two plays against Brittany Griner, I just thought that was just, like, such a reminder of the kind of player Liz Cambage is. Yeah, Griner always talks about she she was not giving us much <clears throat> this week of <laughs> kind of giving in to the hype of the matchup. She's not one to do that in the first place, but especially with Liz, I think she really loves to compete against Liz, and it's somebody obviously that's as big as her. That's Griner's thing, and she always talks about just liking when she actually gets to go up against somebody her own size. It probably makes things a little easier on her sometimes, but in this particular case... It's somebody she competes against, uh, competes against constantly, you know, worlds and Olympic competition and all that. So um, I think they both love it, and I think they both kind of appreciated getting this first look at each other right away. But you're right. I think uh, kind of the reason I bring that up is Liz plays with a fearlessness against Griner that you don't see very often. Yeah, and 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 one thing Liz said uh, at practice going leading into that game was she kind of said. It's it's obviously not easier to play against each other, but in a sense, it's almost this relief because Liz kind of said how she like goes into those matchups like kind of knowing like oh the refs are actually going to let us play you know because it's it's just harder from anywhere you sit any angle you're seeing the game it's just harder to to see the smaller centers compete against them and decide what a foul is and what isn't because you probably could call something on just about every play but when they go at it it's you know it's just you know they're fighting on the same plane and it's just if you really want to see that battle like which with like, which everyone wants to see it's just it's just more natural to, to kind of let that happen yeah the physicality was a huge part of it and i mean on the mercury side they also had the return of sancho little so it was it was both teams kind of figuring things out and i think the bench the bench discrepancy was kind of odd for me um, the Aces gave up a huge run to end the first half, and it's been, it was weird for me to see their bench struggle with 
Liz on the second unit because you'd think if, if, if ever this would be the time where they would have that strength kind of without a doubt and then they didn't um, but then in the second half Griner kind of takes back control a little bit and a uh, little I think kind of got her legs under her and she said as much after the game a little more quickly than she was expecting she said kind of like she was uneasy at first she got on the court and then she's you know got getting in there for steals and grabbing rebounds hit a jumper of her own and I think um, the energy there the physicality kind of it felt like the players were feeding off of it. I mean, I know that's kind of like a silly thing to say considering I wasn't on the court and I'm not really able to uh, measure that in any way, but I was surprised to see Liz and Sancho kind of play as well and as aggressively as they did. And uh, just like you said, that, that Mercury crowd and kind of the, the buzz of that game, I really think just kind of lifted everybody up and, and made for probably the best game of the season so far. You know, even without all the hype of it, it was just an awesome game. Well, just Sancho coming back. I mean, it's eleven months, and and the, this yeah. the, this whole thing was like, oh, you know, she's older. Like, is she gonna come back at all? How long is it gonna take? And I was like, oh, all right, like eleven months, and like she's and you know, Jeff Metcalf had been on it earlier that she was kind of when she had gotten cleared and she was already practicing a little bit, and and so that kind of prepared us for this. But yeah, it was just like eleven months later, like she's back, and you know, obviously, you know, we hope that. We hope that this isn't too soon and that she's able to kind of just take on a steady role. But, I mean, the funny thing, too, is, like, you know, this the Mercury, like, they settled on six players to finish the game. You know, they, like, the, it just, the rookies, were, they came in the first half, all of them were fouling, and then they just, they just closed the game with, with their with their six vets. But it, it worked out that night, and, and Sancho just having another a big to go out there, it, it made a big difference. Yeah, it's, it's going to be huge for them to get her back obviously she's not going to be you know playing 30 minutes a night anytime soon 12 was the limit that the training staff gave sandy rondello to play her she played exactly she played all of those 12 and they needed her for all those 12 considering as you said everyone in the starting lineup is up above 32 minutes so uh the more they can get her on the court the more they can balance out those minutes is going to be huge but one thing she said after the game sancho was just the fact that she can know when she's about to go out there, like, okay, I'm going to be on the court for three minutes, four minutes at a time, and I'm able to play as hard as I possibly can for those three or four minutes, you know, as long as I know my body's going to react the right way, and it was on Friday. Um, She said that's going to allow her to kind of impact the game even more than, you know, maybe more of, I don't know, a typical recovery where she would be out there maybe a couple months from now and maybe go right into heavy minutes. I think this... This way that they're doing it might actually help her. I don't know. I mean, it, it does feel too soon to say, but she was pretty optimistic about uh, how she felt and how she was going to be able to kind of round back into shape. So uh, I, I don't think – I was worried like you are, but I think that judging from Friday, things are in a pretty good spot as early as it sounds. Yeah, and, and having a normal season helps, but, but still, I mean, like what – Overall, like what they had to do minutes-wise, it's not super encouraging for BG to have to go 37 and for to only get two out of Alana Smith. You know, like I, I think the whole thing for them with the four spot is, you know, whatever you get from Sancho now should be seen as gravy. But I think entering the season, I think you would have thought that Smith would have been able to give you more right away. So if she's not, and then 
you know your backup center minutes are also like a huge question mark it's just you know all of, all of a sudden it's like whatever the you know the 10 12 minutes all of a sudden those are just like really like high leverage like you know you're kind of treating those like if she, even if you didn't have her that the drop off would be huge and that's that's kind of a concern i would say yeah it's huge i'm i'm really uh friday was a, a big eye opener for me i mean it, obviously one look at the roster would tell you as much but just kind of seeing it against an elite front court like vegas kind of is going to challenge you with was i mean it's been a story for years with this mercury team is not having another five and obviously you don't necessarily want to spend the money or really even want to invest a roster spot if you can avoid it in a another solid center but it's just you know two years ago Brittany got injured for eight games and you know that might have cost her the mvp trophy that season and you know last year they have injuries elsewhere and it's just i I don't know what they do they you know with with little restricted right now and brie turner just not really ready in my opinion to contribute it's it's tough they just don't have a lot of other options i don't think in my opinion camille little's not not the answer there she's obviously going to be somebody they try and should probably play a little bit but uh that's that that has to be big because you can't just you know play bg for basically the entire game every time you go up against a center who can score it's it's not going to go well for you by august and september when and and i think and i think the I'm not. I'm not even totally sure where I stand on this, but I just think, I think where you push back on that is you point to what I. I, mean, I think what the the real theme of this game was in terms of just like, and where it was really decided. You know, as, like as much as like like you know, I've brought it up plenty that you know you would think it'd be nice if they could take some take Bonner off or slide her up to the three a little bit more often to just to help her not take that beating to have to deal with bigger players inside but you know what like that's kind of where that where the where the game swung and you know i don't know what it you know with asia wilson the the four for 19 you know what i thought was kind of happening there was that was that you know bonner is just long enough at her size to a point where you know wilson kind of got in her own head where she had some possessions where you know, she just, like, made up her mind ahead of time, like, I'm really going to put her under the rim this time, and she did, but then she would miss, and Bonner's able to still be able to contest it, and then there'd be other times where she'd kind of try to go more finesse, and then she wouldn't really calculate, you know, what Bonner would be able to do with her length, and there are a couple times she just got blocked, just, like, she really just, like, served it up on a platter a couple times, and Bonner just had no problem blocking it, so uh, I'm, I'm excited to see these two teams match up again to kind of see how that swings, but you know it that that definitely played out in their favor too and that's just on one side of the ball yeah i think bonner the 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 amount of time how how long she continues to surprise people is going to be interesting to me at the four um because that's their plan is for her to pretty much be there full time um you know I, i don't know if they're just hyping that up now to get her to kind of you know, buy in and commit to that, and then things will change as the season goes along. Because as we talked about with Sancho coming back, it'll be a matter of of how that all falls out. And I agree, they probably should play her at the three as the season goes on. But I wonder how long it'll it'll surprise people. Because you're right; like she she's stronger and longer and quicker than I think anyone expects. It's not like she's a you know first year player that is 
is not on the scouting report, but it just really does seem like there's games, and, and maybe it's Asia's youth, maybe it's just you know the early season, but uh, I really felt like Asia was going to have her way, and uh, she, like you said, she got a lot of, of looks, including those two at the end of the game, that just were off kilter, and obviously that's just, you know, maybe you chalk it up to a bad shooting night as well, like she shot 9 of 11 against the Sun today, it's not like this is something that's going to happen for the rest of the season, but I agree with you, I am interested to see how each player adjusts, how each coach adjusts, kind of make life easier for each of them, because Bonner was on the ground four or five times, like, it's not ideal for her to be doing that either. Well, and then to the other side of the ball, which I think was, was even more interesting, with with this specific matchup, it really put Vegas into some tough matchups because at this it's early in her career, but I think at this point, Asia defensively is still more of a five than a four. And when she has to chase yeah. people and guard people that are spotting up, it's just still, it's unfamiliar territory for her. And you could see them, you could see the, the Mercury kind of picked at it a little bit early on. And then they came out, in the second half, and then I wrote down, there were like two possessions back-to-back really close together. And and Asia was guarding Essence Carson most of the time. And there were a couple times where Essence tried to ISO her, and I was like, what is going on? Like, why are they doing this? This isn't this isn't the way to poke at this. And then they kind of started to, to settle back into it to where, you know, they ran Essence off a screen once, and I think she hit a three. And that's not totally her game, but, like, to be able to do that is helpful. But then, like, just having her spot up, and then, like, when someone else would attack... You know, like Asia's instinct is just like, oh, I got to go clean this up at the rim. But you're leaving, you know, a good three-point shooter open. And that really killed him a couple times. Yeah, that, that, that was something that I noticed as well. Just forcing her to move at all was was working. As, as simple as it sounds, um, just I think it's a combination of not necessarily having that quickness, not being used to rotating that way, and then just the, you know, the athleticism between you know Bonner and, and Essence Carson, those are two players who can put the ball on the ground, can you know make the right decision on a spot up situation. Like they were just making it just tough enough on her where that uh, I, I don't know transition or whatever you want to call it, getting acclimated to guarding those types of players. They they made that transition pretty tough on her for sure. Yeah, and, and it's just tough, right? Because like it doesn't like Asia Wilson is is extremely overqualified to just guard someone standing in the corner. So like it just it, I think it's natural to like expect her to do a little a bit of both of helping out and getting back, but it's just that like that's tough, especially if you don't do it a lot, which she doesn't, because by definition of her position, and I think that's just like a very unique thing that they can do to kind of put strain on Vegas because you know they're not gonna if if they stick with Bonner at the four they're not gonna put Asia on Bonner, you know so that's probably what's gonna be what they're gonna have to do. And that's like one of the few things that you know they could not there there aren't to, there isn't totally another team that can quite do that to Vegas to that extent, and you know as as Cambage gets healthy, it'll obviously help to have something to poke at. But I guess you know elsewhere for Phoenix, just with with how they suddenly like figured out how to score and like clean up some of like the turnovers that just really killed them against Seattle. What else did you take away from? From their offensive performance, I think the big, the big. Uh, it's not even really an adjustment. It's just Yvonne Turner being just awesome, <laughs> awesome making plays for for the rest of the team. Um, career career high in assists with ten, tied a career high scoring. 
you know, getting pretty aggressive in transition on it in a few situations, taking advantage of some some rough Vegas transition defense to get Brian January open for five of five on threes. And, and you know, since Carson made a couple threes late, I don't think all of those were assisted by Turner by any means. But I just think both her and January being decisive and, and aggressive. I mean, it's simple, but they're vets. Like, even you knew it wasn't going to be some revolutionary adjustment that they were going to have to make. They just had to, to be willing to take shots. And uh, I think they made a – one of the two of them made a three right away to start things off. And I think that kind of got the got the ball rolling a little bit. And um, one thing you pointed out, I think you pointed it out in your 12 things when we were talking about it a little bit before the game, was just Griner reposting a little bit more aggressively. She did. I thought she did that a lot better, and they were getting the ball to her right away, um, just making life easier. They were running the same, you know, they're not going to change their offense, but they were playing it like they had ever seen it before, which against Seattle, I don't think you could have said. It looked like they had never taken the court together in that game, and, and then you see how big of a transition it was. And Brondello, after the game, said she she was pretty aggressive with them. She just said, take, you know, take some freaking shots, like, you guys know what to do. You're all plenty been been around plenty long enough to, to make these shots. So let's see it happen, and, and it really did. Yeah, Turner. I mean that that crossover she had on Cam is late. It was like it was like yeah, like where has this been? You know, it's like yeah. oh, it's like we hear all the like we hear for you know two thirds of the year now every couple, for the last couple of years about so Sopran Vani, right? Like that she's this player overseas who just takes over. And just totally runs the show for this team, and it was it was bizarre to watch that Seattle game, and even even some moments in in, the, in Friday's game where it's like you know, like you got to do something. You know, there was like one where you know she threw it into Griner and she didn't move, so then her defender just sat in Griner's lap and she got the ball back. She didn't shoot the three, she didn't drive, she just threw it back. It's like all right, like that's when you have to do something, you know, and 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 those are the kind of plays where like. You know, at this early point in the season, like, you know, like there are team, there are other other teams that like they don't have, they can't do what they can do with Griner, where you can just throw it and like there's gonna like teams are gonna double on the catch. Like some teams don't even have that that they can't ever get to that to have something that just so easily forces the defense to rotate like that. So like you have to be able to tap into that advantage and you know it's maybe Jan- you know January is not gonna shoot five for five, but I think. There's a lot to take out of this to, if you to really believe that they can really that they can you know kind of get out get out to a good start here now without Tarasi and actually be like in pretty decent pole position. Yeah, I thought that another thing too, as far as the guards, Carson included there, uh, the the drive and kick to Griner. That was one of the ways that they kind of kept things going offensively in the first half was just finding her along that baseline. She's money from there and. That was really not even part of the the diet of shots at all against the storm. So that was nice to see too, just kind of getting the ball moving a little bit, um, using the, that gravity. A little bit of floor spacing Griner can provide. And you know, she's not going to kick it out to the three point line, but just that little bit of space that they were able to manufacture was nice to see too. Just something to turn to when transition is not working, when you have a little bit of a better interior defense against Griner, like some other stuff. Uh, besides some of the, like you said, like January's not going to shoot five of five. It's not always going to be as easy as it was for Griner, so seeing some of that was good as well. 
Yeah, and, and, and then some stuff on Vegas that we saw Friday, you know, Jackie Young, it was just like, it was just absolutely fascinating that like, there was this point in the game where she just like let it rip on two threes and made both of them. It's like, what? Like, it's like, where'd this come from? For a player that was just like, I mean, pretty reluctant to shoot him at Notre Dame. And also just like never needed to also, but like, you know, that's, it's kind of the same kind of plays where like a Vonnie Turner with Phoenix, where it's like, if you're going to play out of the post, you're going to have to, you're going to have to like hit some of those shots on like a return pass. And to see Jackie hit two of those, it's, it's two shots, but like, you know, at this early in the season, it's, it's like at least an encouraging sign for Vegas. Yeah, it was, it was good to see. Um, I was surprised. I mean, this might just come from not being around Vegas all the time, but. I, I was just surprised that she's starting. It seems like Sugar starting and her coming off the bench would would have just, I don't know, it seems like it would make more sense to me and watching it in person, I just felt like that that starting lineup, as I was alluding to before, kind of the, the discrepancy between the bench and starters right now, that move seemed like it might be interesting to me, just seeing kind of Jackie get off to a good start and imagining that on the second unit. But obviously we didn't see that. It's not really something from this game but it was just a thought i had watching this one yeah i think i think this move is what has made the most sense for vegas to do and i I think the interesting thing for them is to see like how in the in this early stage of the season if bill lambier to any degree like really starts to trim his rotation down because i think the thing with them is like you know are you gonna have especially as Cam Beige ramps up her minutes, are you going to keep two of Kelsey Plum, Kayla McBride, and Sugar Riders on the court all the time? Because if you do, like they can be pretty nasty with how they're just going to be able to get threes when you have to double in the half court in the post. But if they're not, you know, like right now, they're basically playing Cam Beige with a full bench unit. And it, it's 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 early, but like it's it is a little strange. Like they can't really just like throw it into Liz, even in these early minutes with what they're doing right now and 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 we'll, we'll see how that works out but you know it, one of the things with Liz too it's like I just I wonder like you know talking about like her like riding the bike like I'm also like kind of surprised like wouldn't you just want to start Liz because that's where she's going to end up anyways and then you know like you spend all this time getting warm before a game why not just make one of her stints right off the bat instead of her having to go to the bike for you know 10 15 minutes and then come in with like two minutes in the first quarter but i don't know we'll, we'll see how they play with that around but i think that's interesting like what you know like why not just give her those minutes to start a game next to asia because that's going to be the crux of your team yeah and i think that's i mean what we were talking about with asia defensively that's going to be that adjustment that that ability to coexist i mean obviously that's all anyone is talking about with this team and let's get let's hit the ground running with that let's see let's get the most reps if I'm if I'm in that coaching staff like I want to see what we can do I want to start building that relationship on court immediately and get as many reps with it as possible I was really surprised to see them play so little together I mean of of Liz's 14 minutes it felt like maybe just it, it, they were only on the court together to close the fourth quarter if I remember right so that that surprised me yeah and and one one more big thing that kind of stood out from Vegas, the Vegas perspective too was Lambier talked after the game. He you know he just you know he said he told the team like we didn't deserve that to win that game because we didn't execute. And a part of that 
Caleb McBride only got 10 shots, and and for the, mo- the majority of the game, Breon January was either top-siding her or just aggressively denying her. And they they have they like they have to be able to beat that. Like the first play of the game, they 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 lifted both the bigs had them both at the elbows, and McBride beat January back door, and they just threw it up high. And like Breon January is just a little too small to like compete for those kind of passes up high to McBride. But they I mean they couldn't get to that like the rest of the game. And I mean that that has to be something that you can beat because like Vegas is just like that's that's like totally their bread and butter is like they want to give it to somebody an elbow. And they're gonna play out of that. Well, if you can't get the ball to McBride, like that kind of explains like why your offense totally stalled out at times. Yeah, you have to be able to take advantage of the size advantage that you have. Like if they're if you're allowing them to, it's kind of like the conversation we were having with Asia and how Phoenix was able to dictate those matchups way more than Vegas was. The same could be said there. I mean, that was one of the things that Brondella was most excited about after the game herself was that she was basically able to just throw January on McBride and kind of, you know, not think twice about it. You, and I agree with you, you can't let that happen because, I mean, that's that's the smallest player in Phoenix's starting lineup against basically Vegas's three. Like, that, that shouldn't be possible, and especially on a night when she actually had it going, you can't just, yeah, you can't let her only take ten And when, when Asia's struggling and Liz is barely playing. I, I, that definitely stuck out to me as well. Yeah, and 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 you know this this will this may end up being a totally moot point because once Cambage and Wilson are playing thirty ish minutes together, when either of those players stand near an elbow, you have to guard them out there. So that'll make it easier to kind of empty the blocks and kind of let McBride go for that backdoor stuff if it's there. Because Carolyn Swords, you know, people aren't gonna, she's not really going to shoot that shot, and people aren't going to guard her out there. Jerica Hamby, as good as she's been, people are. People are going to force her to prove it with the shot. So, so to some degree, you know, when they have their best lineup out there, it probably won't be as much of a problem. But you know, it's it it, it it's it, I just think it's there's with all these teams, you could you can just go back and forth all day, and all these teams have some built-in excuses with who's hurt, who's coming back, who's not at a hundred percent. But also, like you just like you have to win games. Like you can't. You can't look at all this stuff from the perspective of like, oh, they're going to figure it out. Well, like, that's great. But like, are you okay with being a seven seed? Because if you like, if you lose some close games that you had a chance to win, like, you know, that's like, that's really what this conversation is. Yeah, I mean, and to kind of bring it full circle, that's what I think was so, like, this game had that meaningfulness right away. And it sometimes like we know how meaningful each game is in the WNBA season. But this one actually had that feel where you kind of, got the impression that yes there's questions like you know for all the Liz stuff Phoenix doesn't have Tarasi like she didn't even play there was never a doubt she wasn't going to play and yet you know these teams both would love to get a top two seed and they both have the ability to get there so you know there's reasons for everything January hitting five for five might be something we remember you know come playoff seeding time but uh, those those little adjustments and I especially like I go back to what you said that, that Lambeer was, was harping on most. It's like they still had every chance in the world to win that game in the fourth quarter, and, and they led by double digits a couple different times and, and couldn't hold on. So it's definitely going to be one that they probably you know think a, lot, think a lot about if they don't end up getting to that top couple seeds when it, when it does come time. Yeah, so to wrap, to wrap up on Phoenix, 
you know, to, to kind of point to the bench, uh, as we as I said, we're recording this on Sunday, so Erica Carter had been waived, but before we get get to that, you know, the the three rookies left standing, you know, I guess I guess where do you think they're at, or where do you think we'll go from here? I mean, do you think do you do you see them? getting immediately just getting another shot to play more minutes or do you think we're, this is kind of what it's going to be where they might play in the first half but is Brondello just going to manage it almost like a playoff game and they're just going to do all they can to win because you do have some bigger gaps to at least get some rest yeah the beginning of the season is nice for them you know they have basically a week between games between one two and three they don't play again until Thursday so that that's nice just from a a rest standpoint for somebody like Sancho Little and you know the starters playing the heavy minutes. I mean, I think that they'll continue to try it, but I think it'll have to be something like what we've seen with the first half to second half change where if they can't prove it, if they're not going to hit shots. I've been surprised that Sophie Cunningham has been the one to get the most minutes. Um, I would have thought it would have been Alana Smith, and she just for whatever reason, I mean, defensively, you know, two fouls for her, as you said, they all were just seven fouls from the bench is, is really tough. Um, but, I mean, what do you think What do you think they need to do better? Like, I, I kind of just feel like they don't have the trust. Sandy's never been a coach to pour a lot of trust into young players, which is part of the reason this season is going to be so interesting because she kind of won't have a choice. Well, part of the problem, too, is like, because because they're all starting the game on the bench together, it's also like hard to like get groups together where like they're not all playing at once, and and like you signed Essence Carson who like is probably gonna start, you know, Von Turner like if she ends up leaving for EuroBasket like maybe that opens the door for you to say like let's start Smith, and go a little bigger and just like try to do something to like just like naturally mix in a rookie with the vets, but. I don't know. It's also like, it, you know. I think Smith likes. Yeah, I mean Smith was the one who like she needs to be like she needs to be contributing for them. Like, there's no reason like, given what she's shown, like on both ends of the floor, like her, you know, all of last season, like she needs to be there. Cunningham and Turner, you know, I think I think it's gonna like just totally change for them when Tarasi gets back because offense, the offensive end will just be so much easier for them. You know, like Sophie Cunningham might play six minutes with Tarasi, and she's probably going to get like four open threes. Yeah. And then Turner, same thing. We'll just get stuff going to the rim. So I don't know. It's 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 tough, but I mean, I think you know, I think I think a lot of it is fair to kind of rest it on Smith. I think she was she's somebody that kind of needs to be ready to give them something by now. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then to to jump to the Erica Carter situation she you know she's gone now and that basically we can assume it might even be by the time people are listening to this that mercury re-sign leilani mitchell to a smaller salary to fit her back in and that will be that'll be huge and that'll be kind of exactly the type of veteran playmaker shooter that you want to kind of make life easier on those those bench players um and the idea of essence potentially going to the bench or something like that that um you know down the line that could be interesting. I, mean, I don't know how they'll mix it up once Turner and Tarasi are back, and if the rookies are kind of a little better at that point, I think they'll have some more stuff to do. Um, either Turner or Carson kind of being that bench scorer is good, would help a lot, and then they have the ability to just kind of create and make shots, so that's 
a nice option, but right now it is bleak, and I think Smith is is undoubtedly the person that's going to have to step up. She's the one that that is you know supposed to be the most comfortable. She you know supposed to know this system. She's supposed to have that comfort with the coach and have the most kind of pro ready game of any of the three that they took into the season. So I think Mitchell will help, but I think they all kind of just need to step up and get a little more comfortable, especially Smith. Yeah, and, and part of it too is like like Smith picked up the two fouls and she immediately left the game. It's like, also I think part of it too is like, you know, you could probably just like let her play through that, you know, because like even if, even if she fouls out of a game, you know, it's, you're not counting on her to close right now. Um, but if they get Mitchell back, I think that, I think that gives them a nice lift. And then if you, if you think of it this way, you know, they can probably have like, always have like three of like January Turner, her and Bonner on the court. And that can just like really, give you a nice playmaking lift where you can where you can like almost be in a position where you can almost pick on like the worst perimeter defender because people just won't be able to hide everybody if if you have someone if you have like three or four players that can do stuff with the ball and it's it's not Tarasi but like you know if you know Griner staying healthy and giving you 34 35 minutes like that that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good position to be in yeah I think I think you're right to to mention Sophie specifically too like I expect her shot to start falling and I think she's in a position where if she can just hit spot up threes like that'll be big if if she's playing with one of those playmakers you know even if whoever it ends up being you know if that's all her her job is really going to be on offense I think she's more than capable of doing that so it's just a matter of time for her it kind of feels like all right so we shall uh we shall see how things go here with Phoenix as you mentioned, maybe by the time people listen to, listen to this, Mitchell will get signed. Maybe Camille Little will will at least be active again and be another person that can give him some minutes. But other than that, uh, Brendan, just let people know where to where to keep up with your work this season and to follow along with all things Mercury and all things WNBA that you're doing. Yeah, Mercury stuff's over at High Post Hoops, and just go ahead and follow me at. Brendan Clean 14 on Twitter. You know, I'm at most of the games fairly, fairly in tune with the team. I, I like to think so. Yeah, check in there for updates and hit the website up for, as you guys know, all all of the teams. But my stuff on the Mercury uh, pretty regularly. Alrighty, we'll look forward to that and look forward to seeing how the Mercury continue to to figure this out here at the start of the season. But Brendan, we'll be looking forward to having you on again. On again, thanks for coming on. Yep, thanks man, it was fun.